You can get them, but can you keep them? Welcome back to another episode of the Girl Stop Playing Podcast. It's your favorite homegirl, Coriel, here to encourage you to stop playing with your potential and start working for what you want in life and in love. You already know that I'm bringing you the information and the conversations to help you make the money and get the honey. You can have it all as long as you are willing to work. And today, we got a working woman in the building. We're not even going to be talking about work, though. We're going to be talking about wellness and well-being. Some really important conversations that are truly meant to move the culture forward. So pause right here. Share this episode. Tell a friend to tell a friend to come on in for this conversation. Okay? We got Latanya Taylor on the couch. Are you ready? I am. Y'all, let me just tell y'all. Let me just tell y'all, okay? We got to get Latanya warmed up because we're late starting this episode. She was outside waiting for me for a very long time, and sis thought I stood her up, okay? So we got to warm her up. We got to get her talking on this couch um, because this conversation is so—we could not have not had this conversation. I think the moment I met you, I literally turned to you and said, oh, I got to get you on the podcast. Yeah, like, we got to talk about this. Yeah. This is such an important topic of conversation that we're about to get into, so— I publicly am going to apologize for the oh, tardiness. No, no. no I, look, I don't, I don't like wasting people's time. So we're publicly going to apologize for the tardiness um, of this episode, but I'm ready to get into it. Okay. So tell the people what you do, though, so we can put some respect on your name before okay. we get into this. I'm, I'm LaTanya Taylor, affectionately known as the Rev Coach, the Juicy Spirit Mama, the Priestess of Purpose, Pleasure, Passion, and Profit. So Ooh. we can talk about money Ooh. because I don't think that they're disconnected. Okay. Our womanhood and our femininity is very much connected to our wealth. Let's start there. Tell tell us tell me how. Well, I work with feminine leaders. At least I, I intend to work with women who are in leadership, but have maybe forgotten their feminine vision, their feminine soul, their feminine desires, mm. because we have a model from white men on how to do business. And we come into the business world, which is masculine. Mm -hmm. And so we run our businesses like men. And then when it's time for us to create, to attract, to embody, it's shut off. It's shut down. That's the feminine part, the yeah. create, attract, embody. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So we usually hear this conversation in terms of relationships, right? Women need to be more feminine. Um, uh, you know, a masculine man is not going to be attracted to a masculine woman. We are bombarded with this conversation around femininity. How, like, what is step one for a woman who watches this and she's like, yo, I am so tired of y'all telling me that I need to be softer. <laughs> I need to be this. I need to be that. How? Like, how do I just start? I'm 35. How do I just become a feminine woman? You know what? I think that it, it's become a trending topic. Mm -hmm. It was not trending when I started doing this work. Mm -hmm. Your generation is now taking it and talking about the soft life and talk. I want a soft life. I want a soft life. Um, and now men are jumping on board, telling women how to be feminine, which is no different than. Can I be honest here? Like, of can course. we? You can. Can we be no holds real, barred? Real. Okay, good. Because we've also have been conditioned through the church 
and through religion with men telling us how a woman is supposed to be. So it's no different than the Proverbs 31 the woman and, and, the, and the virtuous woman and this and that. Now people are jumping on a bandwagon. So where do you start? Um, you start with your desire. A woman must start with her desire. Let me emphasize, let me say that again. Her desire. Because femininity has many faces. There are many faces of the goddess. There are many faces of feminine energy. And all of it is not soft. Some of it is fierce. We have warrior models. We have marketplace women. We have medicine women. So you have to start with your desire. Because the question that I would ask a woman, particularly a woman in leadership, is whose life are you living? Mm. Whose children are you raising? And whose man or partner are you? <laughs> that part. I think the emphasis when you said her desires, mm -hmm. I interpreted that the emphasis on the her because so many women are doing things, making decisions based on somebody else's desires. Absolutely. And we don't even realize it yeah. because, you know, if your mom has put something in your head since you were a little girl that was her desire for your life. Right. And then you grow up and you evolve and you mature into this grown-ass woman right. who has this desire. It ain't even your desire. You don't even know where this came from. Right. You've just been repeating right. what, some, what was, you know, pretty much put on you by someone else and you don't even realize that this is why you're not fulfilled. Right. Remember, we where we started was talking about the mother wound. Exactly. Oh, it's in caps on my card. We're going to get around to that. <laughs> so yes, ma'am. So it's funny you mention mother because once you start getting clear that about whose life you're living, who are you making love to? Are you making love to the idea in your head? Are you making love to who you really want to make love to? That's why I do the work of Juicy because Juicy is not just about being orgasmic. It's not just about being sensual. Juicy is about unveiling the, the intimacy in you. Intimacy means into me I see, right? So we look at intimacy, intimacy as something we share with somebody else first, but intimacy is something that we must have for ourselves. So yeah, when it comes to our mothers, I don't know, you, I, can we be honest? Like I think that a lot of millennials are very disconnected from, their, from, from my generation of mothers. So do you not think that your generation was disconnected from your mothers? Um, I think to a degree. Okay. I'm glad you asked that question because I love having the generational conversation because on Fix My Life, which is, I didn't mention, but you know, that's where where you've seen my work mm -hmm. um, on on the several seasons, some of the best ones, yes. best shows. Um, we did a sh generational show. Mm -hmm. And what I learned is that it was baby boomers who actually raised millennials. The Only grandmothers. A few Gen Xers raise, actually raise millennials. Mm -hmm. So there is a disconnect though between a lot of millennial women and my generation. Why? Why do you think that is? I think that we were we were rebellious gen x we were doing our thing right we had to survive we were latchkey kids we had to figure it out and we did not have parents who took responsibility for the shit that they caused and the the, the domino effect right and so you have people who are my age who are just now talking out loud about the issues that they internalized whereas your generation came out the gate 
talking yelling, about it. Screaming. Yeah, like, yeah. I ain't doing that. Yeah. That doesn't work for me. Or just not talking to us at all. You know, I have a, I have a niece that, that I supported and raised, and, and she's just different from me, right? Like, there's certain things that she just wasn't going to do going into her womanhood. It, like, she wasn't taking the last name of of her really? of her uh, husband. She didn't want to do her wedding the same way weddings have been done. She she was very clear. She's not having children. Like there are more millennials who are childless by choice without the guilt and the shame. Whereas I would say my generation still grapple with I should. I'm supposed to. This I'm is expected of me. I'm supposed to do this, mm -hmm. but I don't really want to do it. And so you have a lot more women in my generation that have the good girl complex, but inside was something else, mm -hmm. right? So they snuck around and did it. And I always tell women who who are mothering younger women, particularly um, Gen Zs now, and 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 why don't don't give them your representative. Give them who you really are. Give them your story. Give don't don't bring your representative, and that's a um, a new thing I think mm -hmm. for many of, of our generation. A thousand percent, it's a new thing because if I think back to my grandmother, and just how much I don't even know about her. Mm -hmm. And not only do I not know these things because I'm the granddaughter, there are so many things that the entire family didn't, even her daughters mm -hmm. didn't know because everything was done in secrecy yeah and then if you ask questions about it you're in trouble yep you know it's like we don't ask about it don't ask don't tell don't ask don't tell. don't ask don't tell and so you grow up and, and my grandmother passed last year but i was the the cousin that would go sit with her and it's like yes. i want to know about your childhood me too what was your mama name you know like yes. just, just things that oh my god we don't know and that, think we, about the disservice so though now that this whole this whole like generation is 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 invisible now i can't even pass on your story because you didn't share it with me i know but we gotta i i want to do more with with that got to. i really want to be a catalyst for for women to be able to sit in rooms together and share stories as a way of getting to know each other and not just our our ig page right that part yeah right because you you were in the same room that I was in, and you heard every woman say almost the exact mm -hmm. same thing about being able to be in a room with women. Yep. What is that about that we we have gotten to the point where women say, I, I don't trust being with women, but I lead a woman organization? Me. You? Me. My, me, me, myself. Coriel has been doing women empowerment work for over a decade. When I do the self work and really, really think about like what got me into this, like what moves me to, to do these things, I have always been in the women empowerment space because I was never empowered by other women, mm -hmm. starting with my mother, uh -huh. then my sister. And so I know that because of the deficit, because I had to empower myself and then I saw the result of me empowering myself, that's what you know, encouraged me to go out and create these organizations to empower other women. Mm -hmm. But a lot of women, I think, who are leading these organizations or who are in these spaces, we started these groups out of a necessity for ourselves because mm -hmm. the root, you know, the, the relationship that we have with the woman who's supposed to be closest to us 
was damaged. And in that room, so many women talked about not having a safe space, not having other women that they could trust and count on and share with, um, and having mommy issues. And I think that it's so unfortunate that so many black women have the same story when it comes yeah, to our that's upbringing. A, that's a wounded healer, mm -hmm. right? And it's also why oftentimes when we're in entrepreneurial rooms, we don't partner and we don't collaborate the way if we're gonna like if we're gonna play full out out and do um, the European version, the Western white man's version of business. Um, ch when you go in Subway, you're subject to see a Baskin and Robbins, right? When you go in Taco <laughs> Bell, you what what do you see? What well, you see collaboration, you see partnership, right? But we think that we have to do it all by ourselves or that that woman is competition. We are light years behind on ways to do business, right? And so that is toxic and mm -hmm. our money is toxic. And that is why it's easy for so many women to be burnt out because now you have to pretend. Now you become a prisoner to your brand. Right. Mm -hmm. And and so what is that? Because I love the example that you gave. You said your mother and your sister. And so I think the saving grace for me was I had a sister who was my soft place to fall. Mm. I had a sister who was my angel, my rescue. And so I could not imagine going against women the way that I see us do to one another because I had my sister who was, which is how it really is supposed to be. Like, you know, in love and relationships, you know, polyamory is also becoming popular and trendy because we have this model of it's supposed to be one person. Mm -hmm. So now you have a woman, like you just had a baby, right? Mm -hmm. So now you have women who are having babies and your baby <clears throat> is only, only knows one pair of arms, right? That model is distorted and it's pathological for the woman because we are tribal people mm -hmm. and we, our children are supposed to be able to be passed from arm to arm, grandmama, auntie, and, and play mama, play cousin, so that mama can get a break. Mama can take care of herself, but we don't have a model, so we gotta mind, my my. it's my business, it's my baby, it's my man, right? So everything has to be possessed from a deficit, from a lack consciousness, not from an abundance. Now, I'm not saying that everybody's supposed to share their man. That I'm about to say, that's, now that's where I draw the line. We, could, we <laughs> keep my baby, but the, the, the baby daddy is not staying with me. But let's, let's keep it real, though. How many people are man sharing anyway? Big facts. Polly and don't even know it. Didn't even sign up Some for of them do, though. Mm -hmm. Right? How many women are settling? They're the, they're the side chick, mm -hmm. right? The jump off. For what they can get instead of waiting for what they want. It right. happens every Especially day. Especially in ATL, honey. <laughs> Especially in the ATL. Why, DC, Lord Jesus? Let's not leave out DC, honey. All the blackest cities. Okay. okay. Can we yeah, get it let's together? Just, yeah. Let's just get it together. Don't get mad. Don't come for me. Because so, I lived in, in these cities they not and I know something about this. Right. We, this is, you can say what you want to say, but the streets speak for themselves. Right, right, right. So you mentioned working on um, Fix My Life. Mm -hmm. Is Ayala nice in real life? Yeah, and I really don't like, I don't like that. So that's what TV does, right? Yeah, it does so a disservice. Because you only see this, what the people want you to see, basically. But she absolutely is a stern figure in your life. But when I tell you, so giving, so accommodating, so sensitive, 
and and so that image is created by TV through sound bites. Mm. But you will in, in her presence, and and I, I I I mean I am an extension of that. Um, in her presence, you're going to feel the presence of power, right? You're you're gonna be seen, and a lot of us are not used to somebody not just seeing us. But seeing into us, mm. so th that was a valid question. Because there's a lot of millennials who can't stand stand her. Uh, let's she, keep it's it real. Gram it's grandmother vibes, though. It's like I'm gonna be <laughs> I'm gonna be strict with you because I want the best for you. Mm -hmm. I'm not about to play with you, and you're yeah. not about to play with me. But yeah. I love you, and I want the best for you, yeah. and I want it to work out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I, I I brought her up because I think a lot of t well, you you mentioned her. I think a lot of times when Ayala's name comes up. Kevin Samuel's names come comes up as well mm -hmm. because people had a and I want to find out from you like your your take on um, Kevin Samuel's uh, not necessarily his content but his theories right mm -hmm. not necessarily what it was wrapped up in but the mm -hmm. the content of his message because for the black community Ayala for a long time was the only person that was giving us the tough love. It's like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. This is what it is. Now, what are you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. Kevin Samuels came along, and he added a lot of curse words and some shenanigans into the conversation. But he was the first that I can think of, the first man that was in that space. Mm -hmm. And so she, to me, represents, like, the grandmother again. Like, I want what's <laughs> best for you. No shade. Don't be offended by that. I'm sorry. But I want what's best for auntie you. The is auntie. what she's called okay. in the culture. Okay, I'm auntie. sorry. I'm sorry. That <laughs> was offensive. But she is a grandma that was and a great-grandma, and she would own it. Don't be mad. Hell, I don't know. Y'all might think I'm a grandma. Shit. I don't know. Auntie. <laughs> auntie. Okay. Um... But his whole thing was like, you don't like how I'm saying it, but if you just listen to what I'm saying, you would appreciate it. So I want to know from you, what was your take on like his message and do you see any similarity? Because you obviously work very close with Ayala, so you have more of a realistic understanding of who she is versus just who we see on TV. Yeah. So yeah, she. I've been with her for over 20 years. She's pivotal in the transitions in my life. So yes, I have seen it in my life first. I'm not a fan, like, so there's a lot of fangirls, so mm -hmm, that's, mm -hmm. I'm not a neon fan. Not that, no. right. And I will say, I regret that I caught up to Kevin Samuel, Samuels closer to his death. Mm. Um, I, initially, I usually have an aversion to men telling women what to do, period, okay. in the, it's because it's too much of that. Okay. And I, I do think that there are other voices in the culture Ianla just happens to be one that's highlighted. I do think there are there have been other voices, um, but Kevin Samuels um, didn't lie. We didn't like his delivery, but many of us didn't grow up in households with our fathers either, so mm -hmm. we don't know what it is to be corrected by a man, told the truth by a man, uh, uh, called on our BS by a man. All of our fathers and uncles are not loving. Some of them are from the streets and they're gangsters. They call you out. Some of them are, are um, you know, from a school of hard knocks. They just give it to you straight. If you happen to have a father that was able to stroke you and to, to affirm you in that, that's, that's beautiful. But all men are not like that. Even when we get married, um, you know, as a woman, sometimes I think my husband is harsh. And I'm like, damn, why you have to say it like that? 
but I had I had to work on how I receive, which takes you back to the feminine, right? So we say we want these things, but then when the truth comes, we don't like how it comes to us. So yeah, was was some of his stuff antics and sure, absolutely over time. But when you go back and listen to that brother and some of the women who came on and what they presented, you can't even defend these ladies. You cannot defend the BS. You can't defend it. And 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 I want to challenge y'all. And because <laughs> I think because it was wrapped up in in the sound the sound effects and the you know all of those <laughs> things, and it, he really was like entertaining and putting on a show. Like there was a lot of you know razzle dazzle he threw on top that wasn't necessarily necessary. I think that turned a lot of people off. And I also think a hit dog will holla. Mm-hmm. And if you are tuned in and he is talking about you, mm-hmm. you probably didn't want to hear that. But if you go back now and take the emotion out of it and like don't put you know your personal feelings into it i really believe he wanted what was best for the black community i absolutely believe it there are a few shows where he was calling out women who had left their husbands Mm -hmm. and you know what i do deal with women who get to the point where we are so so masculine in in the way that we move in the marketplace you had said earlier about the mask you know every 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 woman in a masculine man something like mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. but the truth of the matter is every woman is is not beta and it, or alpha nor, nor is every man so masculinity and femininity is energy mm-hmm. it's not gender gotcha it's what you're operating in right gotcha and so when you study tantric lovemaking and orgasmic Kung Fu orgasmic uh, embodiment or or sexual Tai Chi, like any of those things. Oh, is that the juicy? <laughs> yes, That's some of juicy. it is. Okay. What you're doing is you're playing with masculine and feminine energy. So when when one breathes, another one exhales. That's how our relationships really are, right? So like to even be orgasmic there's a way that we have to be able to tap into ourselves that the man, the man finds his yin in orgasmic exchange mm. and the woman finds her yang or yang interesting okay so let's we got let's wrap up the mama conversation before we get into the <laughs> sex talk um, because i for a, for a lot of people who have not experienced therapy on their own or you know personally watching ayala might have been the closest thing that we saw to to true therapy in terms of you own you recognizing you know getting that awareness recognizing your stuff owning your stuff figuring out a solution which is what therapy is supposed to be right mm-hmm. and i definitely saw a lot of episodes that were rooted in childhood stuff Mm-hmm. When you're doing your work with women one-on-one, are you noticing that the majority of the challenges that women are having are rooted in childhood Almost stuff? all of them. Almost 90%, 85 maybe. So what are, what is the work that we should be doing? Like, even if you don't have a therapist, what is, what is the work that, that needs to be done knowing that 95 per, there's a 95% chance that you're still dealing with some childhood issues? It depends on your story. Your okay. life is always giving you feedback. Your life is always giving you feedback. And so if you want to know what's going on, look at what's happening in your life. Mm. It could be money. Money, your money has a story. And most of the times we have not ever dealt with our money story. 
your relationships with the opposite sex, male, female, female, male. Either way, look at that. Or same sex, because when we start talking about women in rooms with other women, that's a mama issue. That's a self issue. Because when you say I can't be within the, I, I, don't, I can't trust women, you don't trust your damn self. You don't trust yourself with women because you could not trust a little girl once upon a time somewhere with a woman. There was a woman who traumatized you. And it's important to say this for the culture, very important. This, our culture, no matter the generation, does not give black women permission to say, I, f I was failed by my mother. Because we see so many women sacrifice for us. We see what our mothers have gone through to get us to the other side. And so now you have people in your own family who will say, don't say that about your mama. She did the best she could. And then we say it, we take it on. She did the best she could. I, you know, I'm, I don't blame my mother. That's usually the second thing. And that's when you know that you, haven't been, you have not done any work. And what that does is it becomes suppressed and oppressed. It's cool, though to talk about daddy, mm -hmm. the daddy that wasn't there. Oh, it's cool to, to, to put it all on, on at his feet. But then we don't know what the interpersonal relationship was between mom and daddy. Now there are stories who are, that are coming out where people are finding out that their father was removed from their life because of the wound of the woman. So how do you not deal with this? We're just gonna keep excusing it? So black women are off limits? So what I think when we talk about Ayanla is she was the only woman, black woman, willing to call black women on mm. their shit. Otherwise, it was that we, we placate it. We want to stroke it. We want to preach it away. We want to run to the altar. We want to put it on somebody else, right? Or we want to go to the, all the way to the other extreme. We're loving light. No, we're not going to talk about that. Oh, mm. So where is that? Mm -hmm. So I think that's what the difference is, is that this was another black woman calling black women on. There are many black women who work with women and have worked with women before Yanla in, in the midst. And Yanla has a whole institute of coaches just like me. Mm -hmm. So there are women who are doing just like They're you. Out, we're out here. We just don't. Nobody want to hear that. Don't nobody want to hear that. That's what it is. We are used to being taught that we're the prize, that they just need to be happy to have you, that they take you take what you, you know, like they take take you as you are type of thing. And it's like, well, if who you are needs to be fixed up a little bit, nobody should just have to deal with your mess just because this is what you're presenting to That's them. what we bring, though. That's what we because bring. Because we want our, our... Unapologetically, our, too. Right. We <laughs> want our, our lovers, our partners to now father us. Mm -hmm. Because then when we get vulnerable... And we are we allow someone to see us. We say, but you should you should help me. Oh, but I expect you you should tell me. But he hadn't been told. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know. And a lot of times when we talk about the mama issue, right? We we're talking about it here in terms of women. But there are so many men who have mother issues, and they're trying to find themselves in the legs of a woman and yep. another woman's yoni. They're yep. looking for mama. They're looking for nurture through the legs of another woman. And we are so emotional about these things that we never tap into our logical to say, how can we start 
healing, mm -hmm. whether that's healing through having these conversations, healing through figuring out like your own childhood story that right. is now carrying over into, you know, your experience as an adult. And I am always, I guess, I find comfort in knowing that it ain't just me. Like it oh, ain't just me God. and my mama. Even me, I have, you know, a couple of, actually, if I really think about it, I probably don't have one, maybe I have one friend that had a healthy relationship with her mother. I'll say that. Really? A healthy relationship with her mother. In my experience, it's always like butting heads when it comes to mm -hmm. the, to, and I don't know if this is a black woman thing. I don't really know too many white women, so I'm gonna just say that. I don't, <laughs> I, I, just, I don't know. But it always seems like there's that head butting, like there's a competition between, you know, mother and daughter. And, you know, I mentioned, you know, briefly with my, me and my mom, me and my sister, I have two boys. And me and my husband have talked about, you know, are we done having kids? Are we gonna have one more? Do we wanna try for a girl? And although I am not like, I gotta have a daughter, mm -hmm. I really, something in me, says that I have to have a daughter to break that chain, mm. to repair the mother-daughter relationship. Maybe. Because I think it's a, it's a familial thing. It's a generational thing. It's not just me and my mama. No, it was I her and her mama, it's, too. It's familial. Mm -hmm. um, and when we talk about, you know, millennials and Gen X, and th then there's baby boomers who um, did not take responsibility for a lot of these things. And then there's the silent generation, right? They didn't, they did not talk about those things. Mm -hmm. So you, the story stopped really with the silent generation because they didn't tell what their traumas were. And then baby boomers covered it over by trying to co climb the corporate ladder or, to, you know, or, to, you know, keep you from having to climb the corporate ladder. And then Xers the same. But I don't know. I see that differently. I see it as both and. Yes, you could break the generational pattern by having a, a girl. You, you, you will be putting yourself in an initiation, a rites of passage process. <laughs> or you can commit, more women could commit to seeing young women as your daughters, mm -hmm. as your nieces. Um, I think that millennials are much more disconnected because of technology. They did not grow up playing with their cousins the way that we did. We played with our cousins. We looked out. Your cousin was your sibling. Your your neighbor was your was mm -hmm. like everybody. We we had a relationship. But when you have a relationship with te with technology, right? You there's something that cuts off, and you're numb from seeing the tribe. I am responsible for that young woman who I'm in proximity to. Mm -hmm. that even, is if we're not even if we're not related. Even this, if we're not related. The village mindset. That's right. Mm. Absolutely, the village mindset. I have to stop myself sometimes in the store when I see other people's children, because I know that these children now will fight you. Right, and their mama <laughs> will turn around and fight you too. When, when they kid was doing wrong, it's a whole, it's a whole new world out here. <laughs> but I've been talking about this village concept because it's not, like we, we've we heard, you know, it takes a village to raise a child, but it takes a village to, to do life. It takes it a village, takes a village to, to have a successful business. It yep. takes a village to have a, a healthy marriage. It takes a village for you to have have yourself together yep. because at the end of the day I need somebody to lighten the load I need somebody I can delegate to I yep. need somebody who can pick up where I left off and to your point we've created like we've put ourselves in um solitary confinement yeah. it's just us and our phone it's us and our phone and you know what I want to say this too mother is more than just your mother as well right when I work with women mother and father 
they they are symbolic mm -hmm. of other levels of your own spiritual journey. Gotcha. They, they represent many more things. And so when I take a woman on a journey, we're going, be, we're going to the door of mother and then beyond the door of mother. Oh my God, when I tell you I found myself at my own altar praying when I had been rejected in sister circles, pastoral circles, because you know I'm, I am ordained as well. And so I've, I was hanging out with ministers, but I wasn't, I'm different because I'm metaphysical, I'm eclectic, right? I'm free. I'm not bound by anybody's system. I got free from systems because I also was in the Nation of Islam many years. Girl, I gotta, <laughs> you got so much, Lord Jesus, that wasn't even on my list, okay? Wow, I mean, you have lived bio. lives. It wasn't, right, I, I literally started, you know, some people are, many are called, but few are chosen. <laughs> So wow. I answered the call. So I started when I was very young, giving my life to religion. So I know religion, what it takes to not be addicted to religion. Mm -hmm. I got married when I was young. I was 19 years old when I got married. Uh, I had businesses as a young woman when I got married. Um, so I, so when I, so when I talk this, I'm not talking it from no hoity-toity airy place. I'm talking about the journeys of of what it took for me to become the butterfly, what it, what it took for me to become juicy, right? And so when, when, we, when I, we look at mother, we just stop at our mother, right? But I had to pray when I felt the re pain of rejection because I had to ask myself, why do you care so much about being accepted by these women? Why, do you, why does it cause you so much pain? And initially, I hovered around the women and what they were doing and what I had given to them and re reciprocity, because we love that word too, right? Relational reciprocity. But it wasn't that. And when the more, and this is why ancestral work is so powerful, at my altar, I found these answers. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was at my altar that my, that, that my ancestors showed me in my prayers it's because you're still trying to prove to your mother to see me that you valid. So guess what? We take that and we, we go from one circle to the next, really seeking that. And mm -hmm. so I, I cried those tears. But when I got the answer, sis, oh my God, it was a game changer. I got comfortable in my business. That's why I say it's not disconnected. I got comfortable not having to promote my business the way other people did and, and would be full. My programs would be full when I got comfortable. Mm. But I wasn't out here hoeing myself on the internet. Come on. Right? And I, I got comfortable and, I had, and then, I, then my clientele started to change. I wasn't attracting women with broke mindsets and broken hearts. Don't pay. Come on now, you know about clients who yes, won't come I in do. and don't pay. Mm -hmm. I stopped attracting that. And then my clients started to call me the same thing that my, my, um, my friends would call me, Mama, Mama LaTanya. I couldn't even embrace Mama LaTanya when they would call me Mama LaTanya because I, inside I had not embraced that because of that wound. And now I'm an initiated priestess, and what do they call me? Mama, Ia. So our journeys, our steps are ordered. Our steps really, are, even the pain body that we walk in and, and avoid, we'll just stay in rem remedial learning.
Mm. We'll just keep on doing it. Do you have children of your own? No, and that's what I was going to say, too. That's why Mama was was a challenge mm-hmm. for me, because I wanted children initially. And, you know, I've, I've done plant, plant medicine journeys, other initiations, where I have had experiences where the, the, the great mother, the divine mother, showed me that in past lives I had already mastered Mama. I did not come here this time to have physical children. I came to mother other women like you with stories. I came to mother other women who felt motherless. And so my clients have testimonies of being able to be available to their girls, their children, who when their their girls are coming on their cycles now, they have ceremonial uh, experiences and not tell them, don't come in my house and don't bring no babies up in my house. You better keep your legs closed. How many of y'all heard that? And that's all we heard. And that's There was all no we other heard. part of the story. That's it. Right. And then we wonder why we can't have successful relationships. And we wonder why we... What's also not talked about is the infertility rates amongst black women. Mm. What do you think is causing that? I think it is mind-body connection. And those messages of shame and guilt and also um, expenses... Uh, there, there are millennials who say that the children are too expensive. Straight up like that. Yeah. When you mentioned um, at the beginning, you know, the millennials are like the, the first real generation that are like, no, nah, I ain't have no kids, and what you gonna say about it? I have always, so I've always known that I wanted kids. I have never, it ain't never been a thought. I knew I wanted kids, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't judge people who said that they didn't want kids, but I never understood it. Mm-hmm. I, it never, I just, I never understood it. Why, how could you not want kids? But, but now that I had these kids, <laughs> I just feel like I have a whole new understanding of you making a conscious choice that this is not what you want your life to look like. And I don't think that we, as a society, have have given women the grace to be able to do that. Because to your point, it's like, if you don't have kids, what's wrong with you? Or what's why would you, you not want to? Ooh. Or there are women who they've tried they, they, that it wasn't meant for them right so how do you you know how does that make someone feel if you're like well your life is meaningless and if you're not a mother and it's like well no i've done that i've mastered that i'm here to experience it took me a long new. time though to yeah get yeah here. yeah i it can took imagine me a lot of processes I can imagine. it took me a lot of herbs a lot of detoxing a lot of stuff that i thought was i needed to fix within me so that i could get pregnant because i have the mo- a mothering energy and mothering spirit and what would happen is I'd mother everything around mm-hmm, me, mm-hmm. right? And then, you know, so when it didn't happen initially, I, I felt some kind of way about it. And, 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 you know, in my book, I actually talk about that being a, a pathway mm-hmm. into my femininity because I started, I, I was ordained as a metaphysician long before I came into more of this feminine art technology. And I didn't do it with with us. I did it in the company of 250 women from all around the world. And I didn't do it with us because most of black most of us we want to do the work through pain, mm. not through pleasure. Mm. And so I learned through 250 women who did not look like me, a neutralizing force of womanhood that got me to to have some of these conversations. And it was a beautiful thing for me. And I, it was in that moment that I said, I gotta do this for for us. Mm-hmm. We gotta know pleasure. But now we we take it to another <laughs> level, man. We just we uh, we go uh, balls to the walls. Yeah, they be doing <laughs> doing a little too much. We gotta reel it in. Everybody want to be sexually free on the liberated. Internet. Yeah, on liberated the internet, right here though. on Instagram. <laughs> but it's such a sacred art that 
it should be done in sacred containers, right? Because when you go into that type of work, you're going into the core of issues like childlessness, infertility, uh, loneliness, you know, divorce. Um, all of that stuff is, is big for us as well. You really are multifaceted. You even said the Nation of Islam. Yeah. You're ordained. You're a priestess. Yeah. How? So, okay, this is a conversation I've had several times because I, like you, you said, I'm just different. Like, I believe in this. I do this, but I'm different. I feel like I have, I think it's probably a millennial thing, too. Don't judge me. But I feel like, you know, I grew, I, I can't say I grew up in a church like I was going every, I wasn't going every, mm -hmm. but I was going sometimes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm familiar, right? Right. As I had my own experiences and, you know, my own journey, I started to do my own research and learn new things. And yeah. I still consider myself to be very spiritual in that I know that I know my relationship with God. I'm yeah. still working on my consistency in my practice. Mm -hmm. I need me an altar, so we're going to have to talk off, okay, off camera. Girl, so I I, I'm dibbling and dabbling, right? Mm -hmm. But I have not been consistent. But I feel like I am judged a lot of times from the church girls, mm. because the way that I speak about God, I'm not necessarily quoting a Bible verse. Right, right I'm right. not necessarily tying it to scripture. Right. I'm not necessarily going to the church house on right. Sunday morning. <laughs> right, right, right. Or speaking in tongues. Mm -hmm. But I know my relationship with God, and it's very hard for me, you know, if I'm doing a speaking engagement or anything, to not mention God. It's just hard for me not to do it. Mm -hmm. But because I don't do it in the way that they think that I should do it, I am, you know, judged a lot of times for that. And so I can only imagine if you come to the table, you might be talking about God, but you might be talking about the ancestor. I might. You might be talking about any of it. So I might be talking about chakras. Honey. How are you? I might be talking about colors. Because it's I all be part of it, right? I might be talking about aromatherapy because it's all Ta there. You just said something about you know, tantric. Wait a minute, honey. You, uh, what's that song? Um, who is it? I might say the name wrong. It's all there. What's that song? You know that hip-hop song. What is it? Uh, it's, it's, it's all there. It's all a part of it. It's all there. Yes. It's all a part of it. You can see it all in scripture but see we we just regurgitate what we we've been heard what we've heard what so we've your been mama taught. said it was bad but baby, so it must i've been be taught bad. how to exegete the text come on okay so i know how to go in and study and 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 and, and divide the word but not just the word in a bible right i know how to read quran i go to the dictionary i know law i i know spiritual law I know when ministers are reading the books that they won't tell y'all they're reading because they go and teach about it, and but they won't tell y'all about it. They won't tell you the authors. <laughs> that part. <laughs> so, I mean, really, it's just freedom. It's just spiritual freedom, right? It's really just when you, you know, the, the, the word says who the sun sets free is free indeed. What are we trying to put? It's men who try to put other people in bondage. You know, humans mm -hmm, mm -hmm. put people in bondage. And when you know that level of freedom, you become spiritually multilingual, right? We want to go to school and take Spanish or 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 some other language, but but then we're not diversified. But if in you our... do yoga, you going to hell. Oh, listen, what is it's going just, on? I it's mean, a whole thing going on and with it's that. It's to the point where it will. <laughs> it's so divisive. That's what I think it about religion. Just, I think religion is it's just divi divisive. It's, it's just it just divide. I'm right. You're wrong. That's what religion is to me. If you don't do what I say, the way that I say you should do it. You're going to hell. I don't do religion like that. 
That is not what I do. That is one thing I do. You got to appreciate that about the millennials because we ain't, we not, we're not subscribing it. to that. Oh, we're gonna, I absolutely We're going to write it. our own stories. We're going to do it in our own way and we're not going to live in that box you try to put us in. That's right. Listen, if I had had some of the, the gall of millennials, I wouldn't have spent all those years. I think you years. do, though. What kind but of? But you've, you've evolved, you're saying you've evolved into this. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. 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 So another theory that I have, an unpopular opinion about the church Mm -hmm. is that the black church is, is keeping black women single. Um, I think the black church is also keeping us poor, too. <laughs> Broke. That part. That part. How can we shake loose? Or do you think Do you think? I think will? it's by design, and that'll probably be another conversation. It like, is. It's no, it deep. is by design. Yeah. But, but do you think in our lifetime we're going to realize that? Uh -huh. As, in, in mass, not just one or two mm -hmm. here. I think we're in that season right now. We're mm -hmm. in a season right now um, where we're, we're in a second eclipse in less than 30 days. Uh, we're in a Mercury retrograde right now. We're in an Aquarian age where uh, Aquarian just shifted, si uh, shifted signs. And so this is where the people wake up. And so what we see, the forces that we see, the nefarious energies that keep on coming at the culture is to keep us distracted and scattered because there is a mass awakening and questioning happening. And so when, when in order to, to, to keep people distracted, you got to turn it up. You got to keep them in survival mode. Keep them injected with things. <laughs> Don't snatch this video down, YouTube. Okay, we'll just keep it there. I okay. didn't say nothing. You ain't saying nothing, but I picked up what you well, was putting I'm down. I'm talking about even now in your food. I mean, listen. So, I mean, I've lived abroad too, right? Pe Where'd you live? In Costa Rica. Okay. Do you know, like, the things that we eat are they're like not illegal. Even, they're illegal. Not even allowed. The weight that we gain and carry, I didn't even have to worry about food. I could eat white bread and drink coffee in Costa Rica. Anyway, I digress. But the point we were talking about is freedom. And once you know freedom and, and, and you know law, not just laws to be so spiritual and talk about law of attraction. The law of attraction is a part of a whole universal law system. And when you know that, all religions were built off of universal law. And when you understand universal law, you get to choose how you demonstrate it, which is what religion is supposed to be, the path you choose of expressing universal law. Well, we sure got off that path, didn't we? Because that is not what religion is now. Right. At all. Well, it's, there's it's... a history. Right. Most of us don't know the history. We just, we inherit, just like we do our wounds and these secrets. We inherit and then we become gatekeepers who protect these things without any study, without any challenge. Because anything I can't question. That part. I can't even ask why. It's just because the Lord's will be done. No, right. there has to be something beyond that. That so is slavery. Anything that you cannot question, anything. you need to question. Anything you cannot question. And and if, you, if you're not satisfied with the answer, you should be able to do your own personal investigation of the truth. Without the threat of you going to hell. Without the threat of you going to hell or getting put out of somebody's house. Mm -hmm. Or that you are demonic. Or that you are going against the will of God. So, 
I gotta get your phone number. Like, <laughs> y'all say that. I don't. Y'all, all of y'all said well, that I'm in that lying. room. That not day. me. All, every, did I hit you? What I say? I'm gonna get you on the no, podcast. Well, you did say that. Thank but you. You know, you you executive women. Y'all listen, say y'all want to do this work. Let me tell like, you why, though. <laughs> let me tell you why. So me and my when I tell you, like, there are people on the internet who talk about their relationships and they try to act like they're all perfect for the people or whatever. When I tell you, I really, really, really. Like I love, I love his dirty draws. Like he is, oh, he the homie, right? Yes. God really gave me my person. Yes. And, and I'm, I get confirmation in so many ways. But one of the ways is that we're crazy together in this area. So we're very non-traditional. I won't say crazy. We're very non-traditional, unorthodox in our thinking, right? Free. Free. We are both free <laughs> to the point where I went. Someone connected me with a um, woman who does Reiki. Yeah, right. Good. So I went and I did Reiki. As soon as I did it, I called. I'm like, oh my God, this was crazy. You got to do it. I, I scheduled his session. He came. And then the next time I saw the lady, I was like, you know, you met my husband. And she was just like, it is so rare that I have a couple that are on the same frequency with this type of thing. Like, you don't know how many wives will sneak to come see me and won't even share. They can't even go home and talk to their husbands about this experience because their husbands think they're crazy. Or vice versa. Or and vice versa. Yeah, but you're not equally... You're right. That's equally yoked, right? It's like we're going in the same direction. Absolutely. We're traveling on the same path. So I want to find out about your husband, though. Yeah. Because you have lived many lives, yep. right? But y'all yep. have lived this life alongside of one another. Yep. How has he evolved as you have evolved? My husband is an OG, okay? Like, yes, I blush when I talk about <laughs> him. Because a well-loved woman shows up differently in that the part. world. That part. And... Um, you know, we often talk about like, you know, I do I do astrology in my work, right? And I'm a manifesting generator, which means I me too. Oh, see, <laughs> see, we speak the That's, same language. Yeah, yeah. And so that means that we're supposed to do multiple things. We're multi-purpose, multi-facet, right? My husband is a manifester, which means that when he focuses on something, he's he's focused on that. I get the benefit of that too. Mm. And he is free. I knew my husband when we first met the first night. I knew who he was. I knew he was a man who had done his work. And he knew me in the spirit. And literally, it was like we were inseparable from, from that point. And we challenged each other big time. Like, when, you're, when you are soulmates, you also have those challenges like you got to go to the deep deep parts and it's not always easy and it's not always pretty nope and i don't always like him and he doesn't always like me but we we love each other and we are on a journey that commits us to one another so like even sometimes when i am red hot angry i can hear the voice of god in him mm. calling me forward like you know, I can hear the universal laws and the universal principles in him. Um, he, that man can put his hands on me and I will go to sleep. Like, because he has in he, the embodiment of a mother's love. Mm. So even the parts of me that may not have gotten nurtured, in, my mother's hardcore, right? She's just, she's one of those old school hardcore ones. But my, but I, I know like I can feel his love coming through his hands, right? Mm. I don't always like, how you know he presents sometimes but it is so beautiful to have like you said a homie like you know to to walk together 
when we went to Costa Rica, it was just me and him. How long did you live there? Uh, almost two years, two years and some change, really. And boy, if I, that's why when when the when the the little thing came, the we, yeah, mm -hmm. that thing. <laughs> we didn't have any problem being able to shut down together. A lot of people's relationships could not endure that kind of time mm -hmm. together. It's like, oh, I gotta, this is who you really are, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. Yeah, so it's good to have that kind of home. protection. To have home. To have home. Yeah. And I have a man who is, I know how to how to fall into my, my softness more with him, and if I don't, he knows how to check it, mm -hmm. and I like that. Right, 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 right. You know? Yes, <laughs> yes. Okay, so, the clock is. Okay. Can you come back? Yeah, you for you for real. Did I lie this okay, time? Okay, no, no, no. Because I don't like. When people, I'm like, is this a Hollywood invitation? Are you just saying you know, it because it's polite? Black or are you? Am I really gonna hear from you? That's why I make sure I follow it up because I'm like, this ain't that. Yeah, right. And right. truly, all jokes aside, the conversation around the mother wounds. Mm -hmm. is so necessary. It yeah. is so necessary. It's so necessary. So, are you taking new clients? Oh, yeah, I'm taking new clients. Tell the people what, what kind of work you do, because we didn't have a whole lot of conversation. <laughs> we are going to bring her back, because we got to get into, I feel like we need to talk about the Juicy, though. Yeah, we got to talk, we gotta about, talk about Juicy. We got to talk about Juicy. Okay, so tell us about Juicy, and then you can tell the people this how they can connect with you. This is my signature work and program. Okay. It is through pleasure. I found my feminine through sacred process and pleasure, and I wrote about it. Okay. And I uh, captured some of the stories of women who had gone through the rites of passage process. I think that it, the quickest way to sum me up is that I am a spiritual midwife mm. or a midwife in everything that I do. Coaching is just, it is, it's one umbrella, um, and I think it's used far too loosely. Um, but to do the soul surgery work, I take women on feminine soul retrieval journeys in their love, sex, and money. That is what I do. Well, we want all of that. We want some love, some sex, and some money. Okay? <laughs> so they need to holler at uh, yeah. Latanya. Rebirth with Latanya. Yes. Right? Yeah. We will have it up on the screen. We will have your information, the link to the book. Can they get the book, or is this for clients only? No, no, no. They can get the book. It's okay. on Amazon. Well, we're going to link it. We'll yep. link it so they can find it. No yep. excuses. We'll make it easy for you. Um, but we got to have you back, because I want to talk about your man. We got to talk about marriage. I need mm -hmm. to tell a little bit more about my mommy issues, but that might be a session and without the cameras rolling. So we'll talk about that um and i really want to get into the juicy conversation just like a little bit deeper because i think it was so important when you mentioned what intimacy really means mm -hmm. it's not just i'm gonna just like have sex with my man in a fancy way mm -mm. you know in a romantic way right. but it really is like in a fancy way we're gonna get fancy tonight <laughs> and be intimate but it, it starts with self and so many of us the only conversation that we ever had around sex or intimacy or anything is like, it's bad. Stay away from it. Don't do it. It mm -hmm. comes with all these consequences. Right. And we never have the other part of the conversation. Yeah. And then our lives are a reflection of us Absolutely. not having the other part. Absolutely. So, I think this was healing. Oh. I think it was healing. Oh. It was. Somebody out there got a tissue right now. Somebody out there is like... <laughs> Look, he nodding. He was about to shed a tear. <laughs> because we don't have these conversations. There's not always a safe space to have them or even hear them mm -hmm. being had. So I appreciate you. I appreciate you. You're not mad at me, are you? Uh, no, I'm not okay. mad at you okay. at all. Okay. I, my toxic trait is that I'm always before time. 
so you was here. Oh, okay. So you you was. No, I was here on. I was here just a few minutes okay. before time. Okay, just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, next time we're gonna get it together. We're gonna give you a, a door close. It's okay, right. y'all. Was she bomb or was she bomb? Like we just like we need some more auntie. Can I call you auntie? Will yeah, you be my auntie. I'll, I'll be your auntie. Okay. I don't have no aunties like you. You don't. I don't. Look at my face. We'll talk about it off camera. All right, y'all. I'm going to be your Another, rich auntie. Please. <laughs> High five. I don't got no rich aunties either. All right, y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in. Another bomb episode. In the comments, though, let me know some questions that you want me to ask Latanya when she comes back, because I'm serious. She will be back. Make sure y'all subscribe to the channel so that you will not miss her. And go follow her on Instagram for all of this goodness. You got to keep it going. I love y'all. I got nothing but love for you. I want nothing but love for you because you deserve it. And I'll see you on the next episode.